All right. The get rich quick scheme. Just one of the many things we'll be talking about this morning as we talk about wisdom. So Marta's making fun of me about is it wise to have me preach? It is true, I led a men's retreat last night and drove in this morning. So if you'd like to start a tally mark of number of times almost bursts into tears, uh, transposed words producing hilarious phrases that make no sense, um, this will entertain you during the sermon. And you'll have lots of tally marks, I'm sure, as first service did. My name is Garrett, but I haven't uh, met some of you, I know, because if you've just been here the last couple of months, uh, I haven't preached before. So uh, after service, there's some round tables uh, outside the sanctuary where I stand. I'd love to meet any of you that I haven't gotten to meet yet. Drop by and we'll trade names for a few minutes. I would like to do that. We are starting a series today that runs till summer, and it is uh, on the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book in the Old Testament. In fact, if you open your Bible right in the middle, you're probably gonna fall in at Proverbs, and it is a book of wisdom. And the reason why I wanted to do a book of wisdom this late spring is because there's a lot of reasons we all come to church, but one of the reasons I think we come, myself included, is that we are looking for a secret. We are looking for any secrets that may exist to make life work better. We all know people who've got some things in life really working for them, right? We know some people who have more money than others. We know some people who are more fit than others. We know some people who have better career than others. We know people who have um, more peaceful family relationships than others. And, if, and some of those people we know are winning like in two or three, four of those categories. And if they have some secret, we sure would like to know it. So we come here and we work through our daily life I believe uh, many of us with our eyes fixed on the horizon and we are scanning for any kind of secret because we don't want to miss it. Anything that might make life work a little bit better. Now there are all sorts of things popping up at us who are seeking those secrets to tell us I'm the answer to what you're looking for. There are get rich quick secrets popping at us, right? That say, hey, just buy these products. You'll be able to sell them for 100 times what you paid us because these products sell themselves, right? We've all heard that. There are get fit quick messages like, you know, just eat like a caveman because we all know the caveman lifespan was 40 years and that's what we aspire to. So um, there is also, uh, you know, eat cabbage soup for two weeks and that'll Take care of everything that, that's bothering you. Those are get fit, quit, make it, get, mm-hmm, get <laughs> quick messages. Thank you. There's such a risk of bad words in there that I didn't even want to go there. Um, there are career and education quick messages. So, uh, you know, the one day, one night, get your degree, set yourself free. These are um, the messages we get. There are spirituality quick messages. Following Jesus is just as easy as A, B, C. There are community quick messages. Just log on to this or that social network and there are 900 friends just waiting for you. But have you ever really met someone? I know you saw them on the infomercial, but have you met someone who has benefited from any of those messages? Have you ever met a wealthy person? They've been wealthy their whole life. And you say, what was your secret? And they say, oh, like 20 years back, I just bought these products and they sold themselves. (laughs) Have you ever met personally someone who's in great shape 
And you, you say, How, how'd you do that? And they say, well, 10 years ago, I took two weeks and ate cabbage soup. I've been hot ever since. <laughs> Have you ever met a PhD? You say, doctor, what was your secret? He goes, you know, I just went to school one night a week. I didn't even have to do any homework. <laughs> have you ever met a deeply spiritual person who said, you know, I just believe three things about Jesus and I go to church a couple times a year? Not too hard. Have you ever known someone who has friends, you know, who take care of them? They're there when they need them. They help them move. They're hanging out. They're having a blast on Friday night. And you say, where did you get these great friends? He said, I just logged on the computer and there they all were. No. Our eyes are searching the horizon for some secret to make life work. But the truth is, the Bible says to us, God has sent wisdom to us. And wisdom is the easiest thing in the world to find. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 says, Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, will you, how long you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish in your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you. I will make you wise. In the book of Proverbs, God, a wisdom is shown to us as a woman who's standing in the most crowded part of town. You don't have to go to some back alley in Chinatown where they sell the little gremlin creature. You, 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 she's right. You were around in 1984. Thank you. Bye, baby. All right. <laughs> Unnecessary. So... Wisdom's what we're looking for, and she's not back there in a secret part of town. She's right out here in the most crowded part of town. And she's yelling out, Scripture says. You don't have to listen for a still, small voice. Wisdom is crying out to us. I can make you wise and prosperous. And yet, with that going on right here in our ear, our eyes are some reason fixed on that horizon looking for a secret. What is it that has us so hypnotized on that horizon that we can't hear wisdom crying out to us right here in the most crowded part of town? What do we see out there on the horizon? We see our kid with a scholarship. And so we sign them up for not one, not two, maybe three, maybe four different teams that all happen all at the same time are four different choirs or four different shows and we're gonna roll it all up together. So we don't really have time to take them to youth group because who has time for wisdom? We've got a scholarship to chase. What do we see out there on the horizon that has us so hypnotized? We see the next level of our video game. And we tell our wife, you know, okay, let me just beat this next level and then I'll come to bed and we'll do that prayer thing that you brought home. But you know what happens when you get to the next level? They give you a new gun. <laughs> and now you gotta wander around and see how it works. And it works really good. And you get most of the way through the next level. And now you know she's asleep. Okay, maybe we'll pray tomorrow. Who has time for prayer and wisdom anyway? We got the next level. What do we see on that horizon? We see our beach-ready body. May's next week, you know. 
that's gonna take a new workout. That's gonna take three nights a week at the gym, at least. So if we had this Bible study small group thing, that's four nights away from home. We can't be away from home that much. Who has time for Bible study and prayer anyway? We've got fitness to chase. What do we see out on that horizon? We see new car, new house, new tile in the bathroom. Now, how are we gonna find the perfect one of those? Sunday morning is a great time to shop when there's not a lot of crowds. So he has time for worship and wisdom. We've got stuff to buy. What's out there on the horizon? The season finale of our favorite two shows is mere weeks away and we are behind. We've got to get on Netflix and we've got to get caught up because everybody knows what's happening except for us. So we don't have time for the marriage class or the parenting class because we've got to find out who shot who so we'll know why they're back with plastic surgery. I don't know what's going on, but we've got to be, we've got to know. So who has time for wisdom? Although wisdom is offered to us around us, a hundred different forms, crying out in the street, sitting on our bedside table, right next to us, gathering dust. Our eyes are fixed on that horizon, searching for a secret to fulfillment. Our eyes are searched. We're not gonna miss it, even if it's out there somewhere at the end of the earth. But here is what the scriptures teach us, that God sent the lady wisdom to us to save us. Proverbs is just one of the wisdom books in the Bible, and Proverbs chapter one that we're working over this morning is the dust jacket for the whole rest of the book. Proverbs chapter one tells you what you're gonna read and why. Here's what it says in chapter one, verse one. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Let's read this last verse together. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Here it is. God's wisdom. And it's easy. God's wisdom is not hidden from us and it doesn't take a treasure map or a secret to find it. Verse 21 says, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gate. This is great news. Do you want to follow God? Do you want to have wisdom? Do you want to know how life works? You don't need to be a genius. You don't even need to be clever. It says these Proverbs can instruct the simple. Parts of the Bible are hard to understand. I'll freely admit it, and it's job security for me. But not Proverbs. Proverbs, except for a few here and there, are not hard to understand. The book of Proverbs and the wisdom of God can be ascertained by the average high school student. 
It's right there in front of us. God's wisdom is found right here. And God's wisdom is found right here among the people of God. In fact, all the wisdom that you need is all within arm's reach of you right this minute. If only we can all drag our eyes off all that stuff on the horizon that has us so anxious. And that is why we can ignore wisdom crying out to us right there and search out there because we're sure there's gotta be a secret. We don't wanna miss it. We are anxious. We are afraid our debt will overtake us. We're afraid our kids won't be healthy and successful. We're afraid we'll be out of shape. We're afraid we'll be stuck in a dead-end job. We're afraid we'll end up alone. But Proverbs 7 said what? Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. The scripture says, hey, just fear one thing. Just be anxious about one thing, that you'll miss God's wisdom. If your only thing you're anxious about is that you'll miss God's wisdom, it will drive you to it and you'll attain all these other things. If your fear and your anxiousness cause you to look right past wisdom and fix on all that stuff on the horizon, you'll miss this and all of that too. You have to chase wisdom. Verse 22, wisdom asks us, how long, will you sim- how long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish in your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Today we have the opportunity to say, not one more minute. Not one more minute will I be a simpleton. Not one more minute will I be a mocker. Not one more minute will I be a fool. Today I want to get in the race to chase wisdom. And you don't have to run very fast. She's right there in the street calling out to you. Today I want to enroll in the school of wisdom. Today I want to come to Christ Jesus. I've tried every other path. I've chased every other thing on that horizon. Today I want to try something new. I want to become a follower of Christ and let his wisdom guide me. You'll have an opportunity to do that today if that's what you want to do. For some of you who have been followers of Christ your whole life, you can say, yeah, but I've been out there at the ends of the earth. Today I want to drag my eyes back and glue my eyes on wisdom. You'll have an opportunity to start that journey today. Chase wisdom. What do I mean by that? Chase wisdom. The truth is there are a thousand ways. There are a thousand ways to chase wisdom that God has given for his billions of children who are all so different. But I only know me. So I'll give you a few things that have happened in my life and maybe it'll start the wheels turning in yours. Chasing wisdom. When I was in college, I joined a men's discipleship breakfast. What a drag. I had to get up at seven in the morning on a Saturday and go to this men's group that met in the back room of a karate school. And I got there and the youngest guy besides me was 20 years older than me. So everyone in the group was 20 to 40 years older than me. Been very easy for me to say, this is an old guy thing. I don't need to do this. Been very foolish. That would have been very foolish because those men are on the path that I am on. They're just ahead of me on it. 
And as I went to that group every Saturday morning, I saw what it meant to be a Christian man. They helped me separate the important from the unimportant. To see God at work in an everyday life from eyes who have seen it for two decades more than I have. And they started me on that path. Chase the wisdom of those who have been on the path ahead of you. Because I'll tell you from experience, you'll snap your fingers and blink your eyes and now you're the old man. I am now older than the other guy who was the next youngest in that group. Chase wisdom. I told my brother we were preaching Proverbs. He said, you know, I found my high school Bible the other day. And if you look, uh, he said in my Bible, his Bible, Proverbs was the most underlined, highlighted, written in the margins, marked up book. I remember that in high school. We worked Proverbs over. We had a group of friends in high school and we were real gossipy and backbitey and stabbed each other in the back and talked bad. But we began to read Proverbs. And Proverbs said, gossip's like a choice morsel. It goes down to the inmost parts. And gossip separates friends. And we began to learn like, hey, we ought to cut that out. Now, we still have two fistfuls of friends that we had in high school because Proverbs taught us how to hang on to one another. Chase the wisdom of Scripture. Chase the wisdom of Scripture. How have I gotten through 17 years of marriage? a very tolerant wife and <laughs> small groups, small groups of Christian men and women around me who have helped guide me and impart wisdom to me. Christian friends that I hang out with gave us wisdom. Christian counselors that I have gone to see have given me wisdom that have gotten me through so many perils. And Proverbs says, that it would be just like this. You, you turn over to Proverbs 15. It says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors brings success. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It's wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. And of course, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Seek out the wisdom of wise Christian friends in your circle. Now, I want to tell you about a day that I had to show you what gathered wisdom does. It's a very simple story um, that'll take me a inordinately long time to tell. All right, so I was uh, beginning at uh, beginning of Lent. I began to pray and I began to feel this great sense of gratitude for my wife. She's amazing. I didn't do this in first service. Here's the type of wife I have. I got free tickets to go see Captain America 2, pre-screening, and I didn't have enough tickets to take her. She will demand that I take her to see that movie a second time. None of my friends have to put up with this. Okay, honey, I guess we'll go see Captain America again. That's a wonderful wife. I never have to go see chick flicks. I am so grateful, so grateful for her. And I began to tell her at the beginning of Lent, honey, I love you. I am so grateful for you. But the sensation was like I was hurling a tennis ball at a wall and it was bouncing right back to me. I love you, honey. I, know, I love you. No, honey, I am so grateful for you. Okay, is it time to eat yet? Now, there was a time in my marriage I would have thought, that's so lame. I'm trying to pour out my heart to you and you're a frosty ice queen. But I have learned. I've learned through wisdom. I learned right here from all of you in this congregation. There are different 
love languages and talking and saying I love you is mine, but not hers. My wife would far rather give you a gift or receive a gift. I've also learned I'm a terrible finder of gifts. So I found a Christian friend who knows me and knows her. I said, I gotta tell her I love her. I wanna get her a gift. What should I get her? And my friend said, your wife wants a kitchen gadget. Now, most wives would be appalled, right, to be given a kitchen gadget. Here, make me something. But my wife loves to cook. She is Mrs. Wizard of the kitchen, and he was absolutely right. So I didn't tell her, and I took her down to Pride's in Westport. And we get out of the car. She goes, where are we? And there's this sign hanging on the street that says, Pride's, the hardware store of kitchen gadgets. Three-story building. And she goes, (gasps) (laughs) in we walk. Now, I I knew going in what was about to happen because of all of you and the wisdom you have given me uh, through the church that there are nine different personality types and number seven is the enthusiast. For the enthusiast, it's very hard to choose among many good options. I knew before we set foot in there, we were going to walk all three floors and look at every item for sale in the store. I was immediately overstimulated upon entering the place. So, but I walked straight to the back. I got us both a hot tea and a chocolate chip cookie, and we began three floors, one inch at a time. (laughs) I'm telling her I love her. I'm reminding myself as she's looking at cookie jars shaped like a rooster. She doesn't even like that stuff, but she's got to look at it because it's all there to be seen. All right, so we finally get to floor three, and there is a stock pot. And she has wanted a stock pot for a while because we have people over and she has to start two pots of soup. She wants one big stock pot. So she gets them all out. She bangs on them. She looks at the bottom and then she sets them down. She says, okay, I want to go home and look up the reviews on that stock pot. (laughs) Five years ago in marriage, I would have said, are you kidding me? I just walked through introvert hell for three hours and you're not even going to buy anything. But I knew because of a conference Dan had done here in the church, and my wife is strategic, and in truth, this is the reason I love her, because she always makes the best decision. We can give her $300 for a vacation and get $1,200 worth of vacation out of it because she searches and works it until she's stretched that dollar from here to Colorado. All right, she's got it all working. I knew as she was looking at the stock pot, we're gonna go home and she's gonna do research and make sure that this is the best stock pot ever forged by the hands of men. <laughs> and then we're gonna go back and we're gonna buy it. And she's gonna hear, I love you. Now, do you see how many opportunities there were for us to turn this beautiful moment into a fight? But because of the wisdom, thankfully, that you all have given me as being part of the church, It stayed beautiful. And the goal, the mission, to tell her I love her was retained. Now, I'm not telling you I'm wise. I really don't want you to hear that. What I want you to hear is that I'm a simpleton. I'm a simpleton who can't figure out my wife. I'm a simpleton who can't figure out myself. I'm a simpleton who can't figure out marriage. But I am a simpleton who has here and there chased wisdom and accumulated some things. I'm trying to tell you that the wisdom of Jesus Christ has been and is saving me. I have been and I am being saved. And I want to share that with you. Because is it wrong to get rich? No. 
Is it wrong to want to be fit? No. Is it wrong to want to be, have a good career? No. Wrong to have fun? No. Wrong to have friends? No. These are all parts of the abundant life Christ has given us. But the real path to all those things is found in God's wisdom. Proverbs 19 says, to acquire wisdom is to love oneself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. It's God who teaches us how life really works. We've got to chase wisdom. We've got to live with our eyes fixed on her, the lady wisdom, not on all that stuff on the horizon. And at the end of chapter one, the lady wisdom crying out on the street says uh, this to us in verse 33. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Isn't that the secret we really all came here this morning? To live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. That's pretty good. Wisdom is a gift you give to yourself and a gift you give to your family. So we'll have to simplify our lives and simplify the schedules of ourselves and our children in order to make room for this wisdom. Now, if you just heard me say, so you gotta quit everything fun and sit around and read the Bible all the time, you have sorely misunderstood me. Let me, let me be clear. And this is something my seminary professor said to me once. He said, look, you can do all the sports you want to. You can do all the sports you want to. You can do all the performance that you want to. You can, you can watch all the Netflix that you want to. You can do all the working out and play all the golf that you want to until it has crowded out your ability to worship. It has crowded out your ability to have those Christian friends of influence. It's crowded out praying with your family. When it's gotten to that level, you've done more than even you wanted to, haven't you? You gotta then rein it back. And I don't mean rein it back just enough that then you can cram in friends and worship and, and prayer because now you're just gonna wear yourself out with all this stuff plus religion and that's gonna leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth. You've gotta pull it back. What's Dan say? Till you have 20% of your time free. What's that? That's one hour a night. And if you got one night that's stacked up, then it's gotta be two the next night. What would you do with an hour or two a night You'd be there when your kid says, I don't feel well. You say, well, just come lay your head on my lap and I'll comb your hair with my fingers. And when your sister-in-law calls and says, your brother just left, we had a fight, I don't even know if he's coming back. You say, I'll come over. And you can say, let's walk down to the Sonic and get some tater tots. Like, That's two miles away, but it's a beautiful evening and we got the time. You can do all that you want to do beside what you want to do. And then do that. And when you have this, just an hour free, and you have prayer, and you have worship, and you have some Christian friends, you can do all that other stuff you want to. Go crazy. Be the champion Frisbee golfer of the universe. Infinite freedom is given to the children of God. Just decide what you, what you want. And then do that. Take five is something we recommend for families, couples, circles of friends, that everybody in the church would take 
five minutes a day once you get good at it and uh, do these five things that you'd say, what's your high and low today? What's the best thing that happened to you? What's the worst thing that happened to you today? And then you read a scripture. And you say, well, how does the scripture we read connect to the highs and lows we just talked about? Then you pray and bless one another. Take five. Well, someone uh, from here in the congregation has taken the book of Proverbs for us and broken it into 365 readings, one for each day. This is Proverbs 365. So you can pick one of these up as you go. We're providing this for free. We want every circle of friends, every couple, every family to have one of these so that you can say, what was your high and low today? And then let's read a scripture. Open up to the day you're on and there's just a couple of Proverbs. Well, how does that connect to the highs and lows we just said? Pray and bless one another. Chase wisdom. Make a way each day to to get a little wisdom into your life. This is exactly how Proverbs is meant to be used. It's one of the few books of the Bible you can hardly take out of context because it reads like a bunch of fortune cookies thrown into a bowl together. You just read a couple of lines. What's that tell you? Let me just open up to a random one here. Don't demand an audience with the king or push past or push for a place among the great. It's better to wait for an invitation to the head of the table than to be sent away in public disgrace. Ever tried to suck up to somebody important, had it backfire on you? There's wisdom for the day. Do you ever lose your temper and get angry? Embarrass yourself? Here's wisdom for that. Do you have difficult love relationships or crazy family problems? Pursue wisdom. Do you not work or study as hard as you should? Chase wisdom. Do you spend money on frivolous extras and then regret it later? Find wisdom. Are you undisciplined? Wisdom can change that. Do you lie or do you shade the truth? Wisdom will change you. Are you proud? Do you find yourself looking down on other people thinking you're better than they are then learning something about them later and feeling bad for the way you thought? Wisdom can take that out of you. Do you suffer sexual temptation? Wisdom can free you. Do you struggle to choose rewarding friends and choose friends wisely? Come back May 18th and we will search these scriptures for the wisdom to choose friends wisely. Do you talk too much? Do you wish all your words were on strings so you could pull them back in after you say them? Come back May 11th. We'll talk about the wisdom of speaking seldom. Do you do things at work or do you see things going on at work that are unethical? Wrong. Come back next week and we'll talk about how to do what's right and just and fair in a world, and particularly in our workplaces, where that may not be what's happening. Let's bring our eyes in and fix it on God's wisdom. God's wisdom is here. And God's wisdom is here. And God's wisdom is right here. Everything we need has been sent within arm's reach of us. Praise God. Amen. Let us recite the Apostles' Creed, uh, the foundation of our faith, the beginning of wisdom. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Go forth and chase wisdom.